You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia, here, and we, yes, me and my awesome guest, Ty Goodwin, here today, we're talking about the importance of stepping into your into your purpose, because there are people who can't step into their purpose until you step into yours. Just a little bit about Ty. She is the CEO of that marketing team and the creator of Quiz and Grow Rich. She's an award-winning instructor, instructional designer with 20 plus years experience creating learning experiences and content for Fortune 500 companies like Barnes & Noble and tech startups like Lead Pages. Um, check the links below for her website and her Instagram and all of her other socials. Ty, I'm so happy to have you here today. Hey, Olivia, I'm excited for this conversation. Me too. So quick question. With stepping into like your purpose, stepping mm-hmm. into our purposes, was there a time in your life where you weren't stepping into your purpose? Is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, the lessons that we live, and, and that's one of the things that I teach my clients about, just the lessons we live. Um, you know, we find nuggets and things for other people, you know? And so there was a lot of time that I spent, you know, building what I thought I was supposed to build, you know, go to college, get a good job, get that good six-figure job and had all those things. And that was really not um, the purpose. It was a path to my purpose, but that wasn't um, who I was destined to be. It wasn't really aligned with the work that I get to do now in terms of, um, you know, when you're working in a corporate job sometimes and you're, you know, doing what people tell you to do, you don't really get to be yourself. You have to kind of bottle up who you are as opposed to being in a place that allows you to step out authentic- authentically um, into who you are. And one of the things I love about the work that I get to do now, yes, we've got the agency side of what we do, but I work as a coach and I work with these amazing women and I create what I call the ripple effect because because I've shown up and I've stepped into my purpose. I'm now helping them step into their purpose and they're going to help other people step into their purpose. And it just goes on and on and on and on. I I love that. Um, I love also how it's like, it was a path to your purpose, you know, learning something throughout every single situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, being able to really step into yourself and we're constantly growing and evolving anyway. So you weren't the tie when you were, you know, that you are today when you were working that job anyway, you know, there were some, some of those things that, that like had to develop. What was, what is one of your biggest, um, game changers for you mindset wise Hmm. um well you know what it's been one of the biggest game changers it's what I'm working on now I'm working on a book called my second or second book um called permissionless um and it's that you know um adopting that mindset of I don't need anybody's permission 
to show up and be who I am. Um, and I grew up in a space where a lot of my, a lot of women that look like me, we can relate to this. We, you know, when somebody did something like amazing, you would hear somebody say, who does she think she is? Or she thinks she cute, you know, that kind of stuff, right? We, mm-hmm. we, I grew up with those kind of thoughts. And for a long time, it made me not want to be that person that stood out because who do you think you are to do X, Y, and Z? And I got to this point where I'm just like, you know what? I don't need anybody's permission to just be. And actually that is my only like obligation is to just be. Mm -hmm. I find that um, I actually did a post about this in my Facebook group a couple of days ago. And it was like, you know, be mindful of who you take advice from. Like you need to know who you take advice from because so many people will put their limiting beliefs onto Mm -hmm. you they Mm -hmm. will project that and I feel like those statements of who does she think she is obviously better more she thinks more of herself than you think of yourself if you have to talk about it you know what I mean you know what I mean but those are things that are said I know they're said and yeah but it's like to know that it's okay to not think that way to change Mm -hmm. that because when you you hear it all the time yeah it's the you know it's the little box that we get put in. Yeah. Um, I I find that, you know, being a woman of color, we we oftentimes get put in boxes. We do. We do. Um, a long a while ago I I started using this phrase, you know, um see yourself, be yourself. Um, because you know, I didn't see a lot of who I wanted to be. You know, and I think that's why a lot of us in my generation, and I might be dating myself here, but a lot of us, we so resonated with Oprah because that was for a lot of us, that was the first time we could actually see something different than being an HR admin, you know, kind of person or being the corporate boxed in kind of person or being a teacher, um, you know, all those or being a nurse, you know, all those serving professions, a social worker, you know, that a lot of us have gone into those fields and done reasonably well at. But, you know, when we start to see other women that look like us doing other things, it just opens up the door so much. So now, you know, we've got women that own seven figure beauty brands and women that own wine companies and women that, you know, own hotels, like women that look like us. And it's it's a game changer for this next generation because they're seeing this in real time, you know? And I get so excited when I think about that because to me, that is the epitome of, you know, stepping into your purpose so that other people can step into theirs. So you, now, now that you're doing it and we can see you, now we can see ourselves differently too. Yes. Um, the There was a Miss America. Mm-hmm. Um, she tried it like seven times or something like that. And, and what she says is, if not me, then who? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what that statement just reminded me of. And if you're listening to this, you know, if not you, then who? Mm. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Um, Can you, and I love, I love getting into the nitty gritty of the difficultness because Uh subconsciously when we, whenever we up level in life, we always feel like we shouldn't do it because it's out of our comfort zone, you know? Mm. So we, we, we get a little pushback and then we got real world problems going on. You know, so um, I would love your some of your advice on how to battle 
the level up. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, there's, there's a few things. Um, and there was something that you said that I wanted to, to, to point out to, it was, um, it was, you, you said, I'm trying to remember what you, exactly what you said. So I get it right. I don't want to paraphrase too much. Um, if, if, if not me, then who? And I flip that question a lot of the times. I flip that question, say, why not you? Mm-hmm. Right? Why not you? And because I think that's one of the things, and this is one of the difficulties that we face. We compare ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we compare ourselves to other people that have been doing something for 10 years, and we're just one week in, and we're like, I will never have, or I could never, or why is it taking so long? It took that person 10 years to become the overnight sensation that you think they are. Um, and so with that comparison in my book, I called it um, the cauldron of comparison, you know, and I think of cauldrons like a witch's brew, you know, like they're mi- mixing up a, you know, a, a brew or something like that to put a spell on somebody. And that's what it feels like because we constantly compare ourselves and then we doubt ourselves. And those are two of the most um, damning things that I think keep us from playing bigger. We say, I'm not like so-and-so. I'm not. And, I, and I'll tell you, like, personally for me, um, I am not, I'm an introvert. And people will say, no, you're not an introvert. I, I am. And introverts are not shy, number one. But my energy doesn't come from being around a whole bunch of people. My energy comes from me having that alone time and having quiet space, right? Um, and there are a lot of pers- like speakers who get on stage and they're just like these big personalities. And they've got this gregarious enthusiasm and all this energy. And I am so not like that. Like I'm a lot of fun. And I have amazing stories and I engage and connect with my people. But for a long time, I compared myself to these speakers who were on stage, who were just like, everybody get up and dance. That is not me (laughs) at all. And so I used to say, well, I'm I'm not going to be a speaker or I can't be a speaker because I'm not that way. Um, So fast forward a few years ago, I think maybe five or six years ago now, where I spoke in front of 800 people, right? And got them laughing. It was all about, um, it's kind of like a mini TEDx, but it was for Minnesota. Um, And it was called Ignite Minneapolis. And um, I spoke in front of an audience of 800 people about um, reality TV shows, right? Totally not related to business, but it was for me, it was a personal growth thing because I had said to myself for so long, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Had them laughing from the very start of the whole presentation. And it was amazing. And I share that to say a lot of the difficulties that we have is because we are imagining things that we can't really predict. Mm. Right. We, we're imagining and we're visualizing, oh my gosh, this will happen. This will happen. No. And I had one client, um, you know, and I was like, well, what's stopping you from doing, you know, what's stopping you from being more visible and for really like, you know, talking about the things you want to talk about? And she said, well, you know, I'm worried that, you know, there's going to be all these people that are going to come up to me and then I'm not going to have any privacy. I said, you're not even there yet. Like you don't even have a hundred people following you on Facebook. How do you get from there to people are going to be mo- like mugging you at the airport? Like, 
you're projecting and you're fantasizing about all these problems that aren't even there. And that's a big thing that keeps us from moving forward. We compare ourselves to other people. And then we have this vision about all the bad things that are going to happen. And so what I would say is start visualizing. And that's one of the things that I did. One of my favorite books, I'm a book person. I will always have a book for everything. Uh, One of my favorite books, Olivia, is a book called Write It Down, Make It Happen. And it's all about scripting out your life, right? And writing down what you want to see. And I'm a big believer in visualizing, right? So you want more clients, visualize who those people are. You want more money, visualize that happening in your bank account. You want success, you want a relationship, whatever it is you want, visualize that and limit. And if you can erase the amount of time you spend with that self-talk that says, I will never, it can't happen. It doesn't happen. Nobody ever. Um, Again, in my book, I talk about the difference between bright women versus brilliant women and bright women. We label our situation. I'm never going to get married. No one's ever going to do X, Y, Z for me. I will never have this. Brilliant women ask different questions, right? How can I? Who can help me? What would it be like? What do I need to do? Who do I already know? And when you start asking those questions, it allows you to dream bigger and think bigger instead of being under the label of nobody ever helps me. I can't ever. And that's one of the other like difficulty, like things that make it difficult for us to show up is because we're labeling our situation as it is now instead of asking questions that can help us move to where we really want to be. I got a lot of notes from there. So I I get excited when I talk about this stuff because I just, you know, I see so many of us stuck and struggling and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, I am. I like how you said that, you know, we're imagining things that we can't really predict. And the thing about basically worrying, Hmm. I found out this statistic recently in church. Um. 85 to 95% of the things that we worry about never happen. Mm. And so like she said 90%. So I went and I looked up, you know, the different studies and stuff like that online. So I would know the statistics. And I really think that the it, it gauges basically off of the things that you worry about and stuff like that too. And each individual, but yeah, that stuff does not happen. And then when it does, it's never happens the way that you think it would. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that client sounded like they had was a fear of success. And you've got to ask yourself, if you're listening to this, you know, if if that's one of the things that's holding you back, do you have a fear of success? Because, you know, thinking about what success would look like, if you're just thinking about the negatives, you know what I'm saying? You're not even there yet. It will, it will, it will limit you on so many different levels. Um, I'm really big on visualization too. Like I actually, you can't see it, but I have a vision board up there. I've got uh-huh. two over here. My husband and I made one for our like seven year wedding anniversary. It's in our nice. bedroom. I've got another one in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm so big on visualization. Um, and I, you know, stopping the absolutes. I think that's kind of what you were saying with like how, um, you said there's brilliant women that that like they ask themselves different questions mm-hmm. and what was it it's not smart bright women okay oh, right yeah right mm-hmm. bright mm-hmm. women they put labels on their situations yeah 
and and they think that everything like when they put those labels i'm a big affirmations person too so so like i am single for instance if that's Mm -hmm. one of them you know making it like that's always going to be your situation everything in life is temporary yeah and um I think it's, you know, so important when you're visualizing, visualize what you want, not what you fear, mm-hmm. what you love, all of yeah. that. I love, I love that. Like, that's really a lot of the things I'm, I, I love to, I just like love to like take the notes. I'm like, oh yes. Um, so with, with stepping out of your comfort zone, with really stepping into your purpose, mm-hmm. um, what what are the downsides of not doing that? Mm. Um, so, you know, there is a proverb, I believe, that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think about that a lot with women, especially women of color, because we all we, we, we've all been in a place where we've put our desires, our wishes, our dreams on the back burner for other people. And it's with a good intention, right? Because we're kind of taught that, right? Oh, you're a mom. So you have to do everything. You have to put yourself on the back burner and put everything out there for your kids. Or you have to be that supportive person for your partner. Or if you're taking care of your parents or siblings or other people in your family, they have to come first because you, you know, and we're just so, we've been so conditioned a lot to um, self-sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 think that that's being a good servant. Um, But what I've seen that do for a lot of Black women, it's made us sick, whether we're sick with being um, depressed or anxious or worrisome or overweight or addiction, um, all those things. When I take a look deep into it, a lot of the times it's because we're denying who we really are. Right. And, you know, we come home and I and I used to be a teacher. Um, And one of the things I used to hate, and I still hate this, by the way, is that when parents will tell their kids, go to school, do good in school, get good grades so you can go to a good college and you can get a good job. But then every day parents are coming home, especially women, we're coming home and we hate our jobs. So you want me to go to school to do that, right? So I can come home just like you and hate my job. That's crazy. But we do that to our kids. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of like um, it, it's it's a bit hypocritical. Right. But it also just sets up that that pattern and that standard of put your desires and things on a back burner. But what I think it does is it sets us up to be like um, sick. And that's why I'm glad that we're hearing more people talk about self-care. Right. Because we're we made ourselves sick. And a lot of times we made ourselves sick because we put our hopes, our desires, our wants, our feelings, right? We've put all that stuff on a back burner under the guise of I need to be available to serve other. And one of the things that my mentor taught me um, is that the people around me are at their best when I serve my highest good, right? Which is the other way around of what we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a a personal example. Um, You know, as a as a as a mother of a I was a single mother for a while. And um, you know, I, I was living that whole, okay, I gotta go to work and I gotta show her this and I gotta do this and I gotta do this. Um, but the best thing that I did for my daughter was leave my corporate job. 
Because that, first of all, that was me at my highest good. Second of all, she was able to see that you don't have to settle and tolerate. She was also able to see that you don't sacrifice your health and your well-being and especially your mental health for a paycheck, which is what a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I, the last job that I had, which was about six years ago now, um, I kept like, you know, rubbing my neck and people at work started noticing. And I said, Did you, are you sleeping okay? You know, are you sleeping around? Like, what's going on? And it was stress. There was so much tension in my body that I was feeling it. And how many of us live that out day by day? Um, but when I started serving my highest good, it benefited everybody around me. Why? Because number one, I wasn't um, resentful. I didn't have this attitude um, about, oh my gosh, I'm doing all this and you guys are ungrateful. I didn't have that because I was like, no, this is, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. Number two, because I'm happy and thriving, guess how my relationships with them are? They're going to be happy and thriving too, right? And so that's something that I really hope your listeners can get about, you know, the stepping into your purpose. Yes, I make that statement of there are people who can't step into their purpose until you step into yours. And I wholeheartedly believe that. But I don't want that to be twisted with stepping into your purpose means that you serve other people at the detriment to yourself, because that is not what I'm talking about at all. Does that make sense? Absolutely. The hope deferred makes the heart sick. I'm going to go back because... You know, I like my notes. It reminds me of this podcast that I did. It was a solo podcast that I did that it was at some point in time, it's going to have to be your time. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, because, and we do that, you know, what what you're saying, it's, we'll, we'll put us off until, oh, well, I'll do that once this is done. Once mm-hmm. this is, it might not, your situation is not going to look like everybody else's, you know, yeah. like you choosing to leave your corporate job because you know what, it's not, it's just not serving you. It's not serving your highest self. That's um, one of the things I also talk about in most, like the most traits of most successful women. I, I did, I did it like a year ago, but you just reminded me of it because it's like, they make themselves a priority. Mm-hmm. That is what I've like from doing this podcast for over two years and speaking to so many successful women I find that the most, the big, one of the biggest commonalities is that they make themselves a priority, not in like some selfish, oh, I'm only going to care about me. No, it's, they're going to make sure that their mental health, physical health, all of that is in order. They, mm-hmm. they make times for the time for themselves, even if it's just 15 minutes in the morning, yeah. it's making that, that setting that time aside and going into stress, you know? Oh my goodness. You know, you can do all the stress management that you want to. Yeah. But if you have different levels of stress that you have to handle, like for instance, like my, I have a friend, she's a Lieutenant Colonel in the air force. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of stress to handle. Um, that's completely different than somebody that might just be you know, a stay-at-home mom of someone that has a half a million dollar business and their biggest stress is just taking care of the kids. Not saying that taking care of kids is not stressful, but when you're taking care of children as well as an entire squadron of 400 people and you've got people on suicide watch and people dealing with drug issues and you've got an ex-husband that's 
being ridiculous. That's a little different. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There's different levels of stress, you know, and different. And everybody has a different bandwidth about, you know, what stress, you know, you can tolerate. I mean, a stress that I could take on, the stress that I mean, and let me be clear, the stress that I was willing to take on 10 years ago is much different than the stress that I'm willing to take on now. You know, like I'm, I, I, there are certain things that I've changed in my life because I don't want certain stressors, you know, um, but, but I think everybody evolves into that. And there are going to be times in your life when things are super stressful. Uh, there are going to be times in your life when you have made it less stressful, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has their own different flow. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm like, I say this because I, I recently got a, a medical like diagnosis mm-hmm. that I needed to keep my stress my stress down. And then uh-huh. I just realized I'm like, no matter how good I am at managing this, uh-huh. I got a lot going on. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And I'm like, and 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 with you, with you know, having to deal with the stress that you had to in your corporate job, I know there's plenty, there's we all deal with stress on different levels. And going back into like the addictions and the coping and all, I think that a lot of people numb out. I think we numb out with social. I think we numb out with just that, that cocktail, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, And that's not really serving our highest self either. It's not. I mean, we numb out with a lot of things. And I'm going to be really honest. You know, I'm watching a lot of women even numb out with religion. Um, You know, there's a book called When God is a Drug. Right. Um, and I, and I remember reading that book a long time ago, but, you know, I've seen a lot of women numb out with religion. And um, it was one of the reasons I quite, I didn't expect the conversation to go here, but I, I mean, somebody needs to hear this, but one of the reasons I stepped away a lot from traditional church stuff is because I got really tired of, you know, going to church every Sunday and hearing women, my husband, my job, my kids, my bills every week. And then getting, you know, prayer and then coming back the next week or the next two weeks. And again, my husband, my job, my, and I'm just like, really? Wow. Like what is going on here? And so, you know, we numb out with, you know, the the songs are great. The high from the energy and the preaching is great. Um, And I've been challenging a lot of women that even within that, right, where are you learning how to heal? Where are you learning how to see yourself differently? Mm. Where are you learning how to really embrace abundance over scarcity? Mm. Because it's not always taught in a lot of the churches that I grew up in. And I, and, I've, and I've been reading and researching and all that stuff. And there's been a great fall away from the church for a lot of the younger generations. And I think it's because they haven't seen the needle move. Right? So we numb out like food sex, drugs, alcohol, we numb out with those things, money, we numb out with work, right? Um, and we we can also numb out with religion as well. Absolutely. And just to piggyback off of that, because I'm a very much relationship over religion type of person. Mm. You know, we got all these rules that we got to follow. I have a Christ-driven brand too. So it's like, it flows right in. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of, 
it, it's just oh go so i can get this feeling it's a dopamine hit and I, I saw this i actually saw this tiktok on it it's like it's that dopamine hit that you get mm-hmm. from singing the praise music and being so happy yeah. and hearing that motivational word but you don't take it nowhere you don't you don't actually yeah well, because well, yeah, well, there's not a lot of how, right? There's not a lot of how do I how do, how do I do this? And I think that's what I got frustrated at, at, quite honestly. Of, you know, I'm I'm always doing something wrong. Number one, it's <laughs> so always got to ask for forgiveness mm. or something. That's one thing. But then, I, no one's showing me how to think differently. Mm. No one's showing me how to deal with this stuff on a day to day basis, and so nothing's changing. Like I'm going because I because I was I was super churched, you know. I'm like talking like I laugh now about it, but you know, I went to um I was in a college, I had a five-year program in college, and I didn't go to a single party the entire five years. Like that's how church that was. It was like, you know, um Bible study on Tuesday, gospel choir on Thursday, Drexel Christian Fellowship on Friday you know, um, choir rehearsal for church on Saturday, all day church. I mean, that was my life for five years when I was in college, but I never saw it move the needle for people, you know? Um, Yes, people would get, oh, I got a new job or I got this or I got this and we'd celebrate and those kind of things. But personally, I didn't see the development, right? I didn't see people learn how not to always be in um, a victim stance, Right. Even though we were saying the songs about being victorious. Right. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I remember thinking at some point that, you know, God can't make people victorious if he always has to rescue you from something. Right. Because it's all like, God, get me out of this. God, get me out of this. That's a whole different path than let me elevate you to the next level. But we're so I need rescue. I need no, 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 no. We don't we, we don't need rescue. We need a different relationship. Mm-hmm. that allows us to see ourselves as brilliant right yeah and once we can see ourselves we can see oh my gosh i am brilliant yeah i might have had something to dim my light right i might have had some bad relationships i might have made some bad choices i might have done some things that kind of dim my light but i can always look in to get that light back because at the core of who i am i was designed to be brilliant yep and that's how we are. And I always said it to my clients. They say, oh, you're brilliant. You're brilliant. I'm like, listen, light attracts light. And so when we're working together, it's because my brilliance recognizes your brilliance. And we're going to feed off each other. We're going to co-create. Because that's the that's the space that we can play in if we choose. We just got to make that choice. And making the choice to see yourself differently, making the choice to step into your purpose, making the choice to, you know, get out of the social norms. I think a lot of like the whole, even going, going to, I I feel like a lot of people, they go to work Monday through Friday, you know, the the typical life they, they, they do, they go after that typical life because that's what's supposed to make them happy. Every, I think everybody's going after happiness, but I think true happiness comes from being who, well, for one, choosing it. Mm. You first got to choose it. Mindset is so important. Um, And actually, I want to talk to you about that. What is some of the mindset shifts that your clients have to make, that you had to make, um, when it really came into stepping into their purpose? I know we talked a little bit about them, but Mm -hmm. like just um, a quick, you know, 
Yeah. Well, well, one of the mindsets I'm going to allude to, I'm going to connect it to what you just said. I don't think a lot of people are focused on being happy. I think a lot of people are focused on being safe and secure. And this goes back to whole Maslow's hierarchy. Like we're so focused on like, I got to get a job to pay bills, to pay bills, to take care of the kids, to take to have my car, to have my house. And, and so much of our lives are hinged on that, that a lot of people don't even really know what makes them happy. Right. And so one of the mindset shifts that I had to make was, um, well, there were, I'll give you my, my favorite three it was number one um, was that. If all I ever have is enough, I don't have enough for anybody else. Because mm. right? that's what we, I just need enough to pay my bills. I just need enough to take care of this. I just need enough to do this. And if all you ever have is enough, there's nothing left for anybody else because you just had enough. Right? So that was a big shift for me. I need to be able to, I, I need more than just enough. Um, the next big shift for me was I had to make my decisions from a place of abundance and not a place of scarcity. You know, like I'm making this decision because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm making this decision because I'm afraid this person is not going to be in a relationship with me. I'm making this decision because I, I, I can't make decisions from that space anymore. Because when you make a fear-based decision, it brings more fear. Instead of making decisions based from, you know what, um, no matter what, I am always going to be supported. I went to Jamaica recently. So uh, I, I'm a big believer. Here's another shift. And I'm going to tell you a story. Um, another shift that I, re- I made was that I I get to decide how I want to live my life. Right. Um, I don't have to ask permission for anybody. I turned 50 this year and um, I traveled every single month this year. That was my celebration to me. So I've been from Memphis to New Orleans to Atlanta to Dubai. I just got back from Jamaica and I was in Jamaica in Dunn's Rivers Falls. Okay. And so it's an hour long hike up this waterfall. I was terrified. (laughs) And every, you know, you climb up the waterfall and you're you're holding, you're making a human line and they've got guides there, but there's water rushing down, there's stones, everything's wet. Um, and you're looking up at the water from to the top of the waterfall from the bottom. Like it's to the top, you can't even see it. That's how far it is. And every so often the guide, like he would be, you know, helping me up and he'd be like, don't worry, you're going to live. You're going to live. And then you would be, because you'd be stepping down. And my thought was, Oh my gosh, it's going to be like six feet down and I'm going to sink into the water. It would be like three feet of water, right? But you can't see it because it's all rocky. And so one of the things that helped me realize is that, and this is the message that I took away from that experience, is that no matter where I step, even when I can't see it, I can trust that I am always going to be supported. Mm. I'm always going to be supported. and. And think about what if we lived our lives like that, no matter where I step, even if I misstep, I am always going to be supported. That was a huge mindset shift for me as I'm beginning to take some bigger leaps and wanting to do different things. And, you know, I'm getting ready to, to, to transform my entire life into being this digital nomad, right? Um, 
just knowing that I'm always going to be supported with all the steps that I take. And that was exciting, but it's also, um, it's very liberating to be able to think that way, but it's a mindset shift because a lot of us were taught that I'm the only person that takes care of me and I got to do everything or, you know, I got to do everything for everybody else. And, and we want so much control over it. So that way we can, we can limit what we think is going to be the the pain or the, the bad side of things. Um, but that's so limiting, right? Because we don't know everything. I can't do everything by myself. Mm-mm. I've never not been supported, <laughs> right? You know, so that's what if we want the opposite side and we just trusted that no matter what step I take, even when I can't see the bottom, even when I can't see exactly where I'm going, just knowing that I am always going to be supported. That's a good one right there. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a clip right there. That um and and letting go of control too. Letting go of control is so yeah. so important. I really I really like these. Um, thinking from a place of abundance, you know. And I'll find myself whenever I'm I'm worried or constricted or or yeah. whatever. I'm like, okay, what way? How, where is this coming from? You know, mm. what, what is this feeling coming from? I love that you're doing the whole like digital nomad lifestyle. I thought I could like be the type of person that traveled like every month, but mm-hmm. I honestly hate the airport. <laughs> and <laughs> I refuse to drive more than like five hours in a car. Okay. Um. So the plane is the option. <laughs> So, so no, here's what that means, Olivia. It means you've got to get a jet. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I want that. Yeah, you know, like because I've thought about, you know, that aspect of like having one of those, and I just, it's not that I don't think that I can have it. It's just I don't really, I don't want that. You know. Yeah. Like oh, there's certain things that in life that it's like, oh, I want because I like I want it. I'm just yeah, I really I'm gonna be honest, I am I can get better at maintenance on things. Mm-hmm. I should get better on maintenance on things. But I, I don't I wanna be I like less. I, mm-hmm. I'm more of a minimalistic. I realize that like, yeah. it's so much more freeing for me mm-hmm. when I have less oh, yeah. responsibility. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I think, I think things change over time too. You know, mm-hmm. my drive for, you know, wanting to have a six figure career, you know, that was when I was in my like late twenties and thirties, you know, and I'll push for that. And I, and I had that and I got that. I don't have that same drive anymore. You know, I don't have that. I have to have the big title. Now. I don't have that. Um, I was laughing with a, um, a client of mine because we were, we're, 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 it's so funny. We're, our birthdays on, are on the same day. Uh, and we've got so much, um, simul- so many similarities. And we were both talking about how my car, old our cars are. So my car right now is about, what is it? 20? No, not 20. Like 17 years old is my car. And I don't have a car payment. I've got full insurance on all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. I hate driving. I hate commute time, right? And um, what I and that was one of the decisions I made for this year. Like when I'm traveling, I could get a new car, or I could take that same money and I could travel every single month. So guess what I did? 
I traveled every single month. Now, if you would have asked me about 20 years ago, what would I have done? Oh, I would have been having a car payment and it had to be this. We change over time and we evolve. And what we have to you know, um, be okay with, and this is where the work comes out doing in my new book, Permissionless, it comes into this fact of you don't have to ask anybody for permission to be exactly who you want to be right now. Yeah. So if I don't want to commute, I'm not going to commute. If I don't want to spend the money on getting a car that has a newer, shinier color, like paint job to it, I don't have to. If I want to live a whole bunch of different places, I can do that. And whatever it is for, for your listeners, for whatever it is that their heart desires right now, just be honest about this. I'll say this is another mindset shift that I had to really come to terms with um, because I was looking at my life and I was like, how come I don't have X, Y, and Z? And I was saying, how come I don't have what I want? And I realized I have to be honest about what I want. And that's where a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. How come I don't have the job? That it, well, do you really want the job? No. How come I don't get to do X, Y, and Z? Well, do you really want that? No, but I, you know, I guess I'm supposed to want it. No. What is it that you really, really want? And have that honest conversation, you know, with yourself. Be honest about what you want. Own up to the fact that the universe, the divine, um, is there to support you with those desires that are in your heart and in your mind. And that you get to take action to create that. And let go of taking the actions that are going to pull you away from what you really want. Simply because I should do it or I'm supposed to. Or my biggest one, this is what people expect me to do. Right? I wrote this um, a while ago, you know, because I said, you know, we're always, um, you know, worried about what people are going to say about us. Right? That whole back circling back to what I said in the very beginning about who do you think you are? Well, they can say it about me when I have a six-figure job that I hate. Who does she think she is to have a six-figure job? Or they can say it about me as I am on a beach in Jamaica and they can say, who do I think I am? Which one would I rather have, (laughs) right? (laughs) I don't want the six-figure job with the headache, right? But I do want to be on a beach in Jamaica. So if they're going to say it about me anyway, let me get what I really want. Because they're going to talk and I'm going to live my life. Oh, yeah. Because people are going to talk. Um, <laughs> and I've realized, I've, I think social media. So with my my generation, I just tur- I turned 30 in August. And I'm telling you, it's social media has really had an impact on how much we care about what other people are doing. Mm. And how much we care about. We want to show how mm. much we really want to show what mm. we're doing to people. Some people, not so much. Uh-huh. A lot of other people, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten to the point now that I'm like, I'm with my podcast, I'm open and honest about the things that go on in my life. But it's like, I still find myself guilty of only posting the highlights, mm. you know, because I don't want to post negative stuff. I don't yeah. want to be like, okay, these people are insane. People are going crazy. I mean, I talk about it in my Facebook group yeah. more so because um, I feel like it's important to uh, people think I'm such a positive person. I am, but I'm going to be real about it, you know, but um, I, I started with an affirmation like a year or so ago. I only uh-huh. seek the approval of God. Mm-hmm. And that has really helped me not care. 
mm-hmm. about what other people and I mean I'm I'm working on the comparison thing. So this year for my 30th birthday, I'm working on my contentment. Mm-hmm. Contentment is something I really that and being unoffendable because people like for the year of 2022, I'm working on being unoffendable. But for the age of 30, it's contentment. Cause I'm gonna have this problem forever if I don't start <laughs> to work on it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm telling you, like working in a fine dining restaurant, we'll have people that come in and just order an $11 baked potato mm-hmm. and take so many pictures by the wine lockers and everything just to prove uh-huh. that they were at a nice restaurant Yeah, for people online. Mm-hmm. I, you know, well that, but the, I mean, the reality is they were at a nice mm-hmm. restaurant. You know, and I think, yeah, I, do, I think people do get caught up into in, in that a lot. Um, and I've heard people say that all the time. People only post the stuff that they want you to see. Well, some people do. Um, but just like anybody in life, people only tell you the stuff that they want you to know. So it's no different than how we live. It just magnifies it a little bit more. And so I, it always comes back to. I'm not going to compare myself to that. I'm going to look, you know, and I, and again, I say this in that in the book, the book is called Girlfriend, It's Your Time. That's my first book. And, you know, I, I talk about how, you know, bright women, when we, we, we judge ourselves based on how we see other people, but brilliant women say, oh, I wonder how I can. Right. So when I see somebody that's at this nice restaurant, I'm not going to feel bad because I'm eating at McDonald's today. I'm going to say, oh, I wonder how they did that. And I'll give you a quick story. And I know our time is, is getting near. So I'll, I'll make this, you know, maybe my, my last story that I share. Um, maybe 10 years ago now, I, I wanted to write for the Huffington Post. This is when the Huffington Post was like a big deal, right? And I, went, yeah. I wanted to write for them. And I would submit my articles and nothing would happen. I would get so mad. And I had a client um, who I had helped and we were really good friends. And I saw her one day announce that she was posting on, like she was a writer for the Huffington Post. Now, my initial response was like, oh, that's so great. But man, how come she, she's my client. How did she get to be on a Huffington Post? And I'm, as I was in my feelings, right? I practice what I teach. Okay, how? So I was on a call with her sometime after and I just, and I let go of my ego, number one. So that's a lesson, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I just said, you know what? Oh my gosh! I saw. How did you? How did you? Can you tell me how did you get on Huffington Post? I've been submitting my articles and it's not getting through. How did you get onto the Huffington Post? She's like, oh well, I was at an event because she lived in New York. I was at an event and I met Ariana Huffington, and you know that's how I got on Huffington Post. Would you like me to introduce you? Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Long story short, three weeks later, guess who's on the Huffington Post? Because I opened my mouth and I asked, I let go of that ego, right? So like I say, bright women will label ourselves. Oh, I never get chosen for anything and da-da-da-da. Brilliant women are going to ask a question. How, I wonder how that happened. How did they do that? Same thing now. Oh, I said one more. So last story, last year, I promise. But same thing now with this whole digital nomad thing. I'm looking at some woman's post on Instagram and she's talking about this amazing hotel she's staying in for seven bucks a night in Thailand. And I'm like, oh man, I could have said, oh my gosh, I never get to go. I could have said that. Um, but I ended up connected with her on Clubhouse. 
So now I've had several conversations with her, learning all of her tips and tricks for getting all these hotel deals, right? So it's the difference between somebody that looks at those pictures and says, oh, I could never, or I will never, or, you know, who do they think they are? And, and taking a different action. I wonder how. Let me investigate, right? Let me go behind the scroll and let me find out. And that's all we and that's all we have to do if we really want it. But I go back to what I just said. What do you really want? Because nine times out of ten, it's not necessarily the experience. We want that feeling. Mm-hmm. How do you get what fulfills you? That's one of my favorite questions to ask people is how's your spirit? What's fulfilling you? What are you looking forward to this week? If you're not looking forward to anything this week, uh, hello. Right? Check in. That's a sign. If you're not looking forward to anything except the weekend, no, beloved, what are you looking for? I can go on and on and on, but I know we got we to gotta wrap up. I have so enjoyed this conversation, Olivia. Well, Ty, I've got one last question. When is yeah. the book coming out and where can people get it? <laughs> so the book is going to be out in March of 2023. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, um, definitely click the links below if you're interested in getting it because it will be available. Um Yeah, Ty, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. I so enjoyed the conversation, Olivia. I appreciate all the work that you're doing. Oh, of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.